Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You both race? I race. I've never driven. You've never driven, so you've never... So when you say you know her from racing, what do you mean? Mr. I'm, a, I'm a mechanic, okay. mechanic on race cars. Okay, so, so you're the one who races, Caitlin, correct? Yes, ma'am. But this was some joint venture between the two of you who have been longtime friends, and he was going to race it, and you were going to race it, correct? This is the plaintiff, Matthew. He says he and the defendant purchased a race car together, and they were supposed to share the car and each race it. The defendant ended up taking the race car over completely, and now she won't pay him for all the money he put into the car. And that's just not fair. He's suing for $4,455.45, his portion of the car, plus parts. This is the defendant, Caitlin. She says the plaintiff backed out of their shared race car agreement due to financial problems, then started harassing her. He threatened to take the motor out of the car, and she had to threaten him with calling the cops to get him to leave. Bottom line, they had a 50-50 agreement. The plaintiff reneged, and she owes him nothing. She's accused of speeding into a lawsuit. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $4,900 for storage fees for 14 months. All parties, please raise your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum. The People's Court. The People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. All right. Mr. Matthew, you are suing Ms. Caitlin for $4,455.45, and she's counterclaiming against you $4,900. What is the nature of your business dealing? So we were actually... uh... Pretty close friends for a couple of years, I would say seven or eight years. Um, we had met at the racetrack through racing uh, and talked jokingly about buying a car together, having some fun, going to race her husband's a racer, things like that. Uh, and one day we found one and we, we did it. Um, we bought the car, it needed some work, body work. The engine had to be put into the car. It wasn't in the car. It's things to get it race ready and be able to be safe on the racetrack. Um, shortly after, I had actually purchased a house. Um, and got ready to move right right around the same time. It was within a, within a month or two. Um, so you invested in this race car at the same time that you were buying a new house? Correct. Okay. Correct. Yep. Yep. Things were, go- things were going pretty good. I, w- I was pretty happy. Okay. And I would say probably about four or five months later with things COVID went, um, my job took a very bad turn and finances got very tight. Um, and What's your job? House, I'm an auto mechanic. Okay. Um, things got tight, um, did what I had to do with my house. Um, 
my house ended up needing a roof, um, which turned out to be more than we had anticipated. And I had talked to the defendant about saying, hey, you know, financially, it's just not smart for me, for me to race this car if we ever got to that point. The car never got finished. The car is not How far ready. along did the car get? You, you both put in money to buy the, the, the car, but it needs work. Then what work Correct. was done to it? We were close to the point of being able to put the engine in and race the car around the time I had told her that I could no longer financially do it. Um, at the time, everything we did to the car, we had parts and pieces for it to do um, at that point. Had you both contributed to the parts and pieces? Yeah, separately. So, like, her and her husband had purchased things, and I had purchased things both separately that got put onto the car. But the engine still wasn't in? Correct. And then you say, hey, bad idea, I got to pull out. And what does she say? Uh, she asked me how much to buy me out to take possession of all my parts plus my interest. Um, and I had laid out that I was right around the, the $4,500 mark. Um, and I said, you know, I, I think 4000 is a more than fair number at that point. And she said, okay, and left it at that. Um, and this was all, all in text messages. Um, I had contacted her maybe a day or two later just to see what her feel was. Um, and she said, I'm, I'm working on coming up with the money to buy you out. And it went probably another week or two before I had heard from her again. And Ms. Caitlin, yes. um, you both race? I race. I've never driven. First. You've never driven. So you've never. So when you say you know her from racing, what do you mean, Mr.? I'm a, I'm a mechanic. Okay. Mechanic on race cars. Okay. So, so you're the one who races, her. Caitlin, correct? Yes, ma'am. But this was some joint venture between the two of you who have been longtime friends, and he was going to race it, and you were going to race it, correct? Yes, ma'am. Do you have other cars that you race? So I have not raced. Um, I have two young children. So um, from the moment I got pregnant, I kind of put my racing to the side. But I've always been in-depth um, with my husband and his racing, um, as well as my daughter, who's racing Last year, um, how old's your daughter? She is six. How's she racing? What is she racing? She's racing go karts. Oh, okay. The day um, after she turned five. Okay. Um, and my son is actually getting into it as well this year. Um, but I was, I just, it's not something that I can put my priority on as myself. I, I'm a mother now um, and a wife. Yeah, but you put the kid in a go-kart. Oh, you I got to save myself so I don't get hurt because I got to raise these kids that I'm sending in a go-kart. I'm putting all of my time and my, my money and my effort into my children and my husband. So when Matt and I started talking um, about the possibility he wanted to race, I wanted to get back into it. I've done it since I was nine. I'm 26 now. It's my whole life. Um, I thought it was something that I could get on board with. And the couple days later, he's like, oh, I found this for 6500 It comes with everything that we need to really get into it. And we, we jumped. We jumped the gun. We got it. Um, were we in our, over our heads? Maybe. I don't think so. And if we put more time into it instead of everything else in life, which happens, I think that we could have been racing at the beginning of last year without a problem. Um, but I was not comfortable doing all of the work with my husband and everything 
on our side for him to really just walk in and race it. Um, I didn't find that to be fair. So I. When was it that he said to you, hey, I really got to get out of this? That would be October 4th. Of what year? 2021. We owned the car for about a year at that point. Um, a lot of kind so of dragging So the further along. work hadn't been done, why? Because he couldn't come up with his half of the money? No, it, it just, he couldn't make time to come work on the car. Okay. So uh, it turns out to have been a bad investment or a bad partnership. And Correct. then he says, I need to get my money out. Um, yep. and, and your reaction to that is what? So um, to backtrack just a little bit, um, there was a altercation just so happened a day or two before in my husband's pit stall at the racetrack. He quickly turned it into somewhat of a physical altercation with another team, and my children had to witness that. And then, you know, I believe he who, the your husband day. or the, the plaintiff? Matt. Okay. Uh, How, what Crowley, it, yep. Be more specific. What was it that had happened? So someone wrecked, a friend of mine wrecked my husband, um, Matt, who... Wrecked your husband. What does that mean? They crashed in a race? Yes. Okay. Sorry. They crashed on the race track. Yes. Okay. Um, it, it was definitely the other guy's fault, and he, he knew right off the rip. Um, was I upset? Absolutely. My friend just crashed my husband, and now we're paying more money than we needed to. But um, he came running over, had nothing to do with our race team at that point in time, and made things very personal against the person that crashed him and the, the team members that helped work on that car, which then turned into a physical altercation versus a verbal altercation right in front of my children. In front of me, I had to break it up. And then I believe it was the very next day, if not 48 hours later, he, he wanted out. Um, Do you think it's related to whatever this fiasco was? In my gut, in my heart, uh, it's telling me yes. Because all along, it's, it's been a battle as to who could be in our pit stall when we race, who could sponsor us. Um, is your, who does your husband, who does your, when you say sponsor us, who does your husband race for? My husband races for his dad. But um, as far as sponsorship goes, it's just people investing in us okay. to kind of offset the cost. And how about you when you for were me, racing? I, I raced for me and my dad. My dad really fielded my car for me and put all of his time and money into his daughter. We raced together. Were you a NASCAR driver? Um, yes. Uh, so not technically NASCAR. It's a NASCAR-sanctioned home track. Um, and I made NASCAR history. I was the youngest to take a green flag and the youngest female. How old were you? 14. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
got your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the People's Court. I'm Harvey Levin. The plaintiff says that he put a lot of money into this race car, getting it ready for the competition. And if the defendant wants it, she is going to have to ante up. But the defendant says they had a 50-50 agreement. The plaintiff's threats of taking her engine out are nonsense, and she's not budging. Let's go back into the courtroom. He comes up to you and he says, I need you to buy me out. So he texted me. I actually have the text, um, and I know you do as well. Um, And it was 6.45, you know, serving the kids dinner. I remember it like it was yesterday, um, trying to clean up, do whatever I needed to do. And to get to the point, um, he explained that between time and money in the house, he accepted a crew chief position with a SK Modified, which is the same division as my husband. Um, It's just not feasible financially and time-wise. Uh, and it, it continued. It was a lengthy message. And it goes on for a while. Yeah. Um, you, and I, at first, you're thinking about buying him out for the correct. four thousand. Then I guess you think better of it, or you can't come up with it. So uh, then there's other propositions that he makes yeah. and you make to try to figure out a peaceful way to divide this partnership up. And then at mm-hmm. some point, he's like, "You have until tomorrow to." You know, there's a text that's kind of pushy on your part, frankly, Mr. Matthew. Uh, And she says, whoa, wait a second. Um, You know, I'm not bailing on this endeavor. You're bailing on this endeavor. So don't, don't, like, give me an ultimatum. It doesn't go that well. So let's see. I just couldn't have financially gotten everything he wanted together in the amount of time he was giving me. And then what is it you say? You say that if she doesn't make a decision, you're going to take it into your own hands and you're going to go over there and you're going to pick up the engine and you're going to pick up these parts and you're going to divide it how you see fit. Not I'm going to go to court and we're going to, you know, divide. Like you literally say you're just going to go there and take stuff. Like, what are you thinking? Uh, I, I definitely brought that message across the wrong way. 100%. Oh, you think? I, I, yeah, I did. Yeah. My... My whole point of that message was basically just to get the parts that I had purchased separately. But well, um, but I, I understand. But you're purchasing a part separately, and they're purchasing a part separately, and then all of a sudden it's a joint part. It's a joint partnership, and it becomes the car's part that's about to be put in. And you're like, I'm going to go there, dissect the whole car up, and just you know, renege on our deal, and uh, hurry up. Like it's kind of you know, uh, how do you figure? I mean, if it's a well, bad investment, it's a bad investment. You don't get to just rip the car to pieces. Um, well, yeah, I, I understand, but nothing was actually ever installed in the car. None of none of the parts that I had purchased were ever installed in the car. It doesn't matter. You were when you say, she bought stuff and you bought stuff, and the purchases were in order to put in the car. That was the game plan. You're the guy right. changing the game plan. So, what right do you have to piece the car up and or take the parts back? You have an obligation to the to the partnership. And you want out. So really the thing that I, I would hope for the two of you is that you can amicably come to some resolution. And you don't have a right to force a sale because you don't own the 100% of it. To which no, she I... responds, Matthew, you backed out. You don't get to put a timeline on our decision or tell us our options. She's right. You backed out. My priority is not you and this race car deal right now. It's grandpa and my kid's mental health after last night and the fact that in fact, I did get hurt. What are you talking about there? So there was a major um, accident at the Speed Bowl. Um, my husband's grandfather and I were actually standing right at a fence 
when the race car came just about through the fence, the fence broke, cars came flying. I ended up breaking several ribs and my husband's grandfather just about died. Okay, but he um, didn't die, right? No. Okay, thank goodness. And uh... my kids were there um, to witness the entire thing from the race car trailer at that time. And I, I thanked Matt. This is where that stemmed from. I thanked Matt for caring enough to come check on my children and ensure that they did not get hurt. It was very brutal. It was very ugly, extremely fast. Um, and we're still trying to take care of that. Sorry, I'm starting to get a little emotional about it, just thinking about it. Um, and I feel like he took that opportunity to bring up the race car again when we were all suffering. Um, I had just gotten out of the hospital. My husband's grandfather was still in the hospital and my kids were, were extremely upset still. Uh, it's traumatic and that's where, where that's coming from. At some point, you answer him, It's nothing is yours. Everything is 50-50 and ours, so you can't take it. And he says, fine, I'll be there tomorrow with the truck. I'm taking the motor and the parts I purchased, and it's done. You say no. You say uh, He says, I'm not keeping the part. Matt, you're ridiculous. You blanked me over. You're continuing to blank me over. You're not the boss here. We were in a partnership. You don't call the shots. You said 4K, and now you're well over that. So either take what I offered or wait. And I was definitely in the wrong for getting so upset in those messages. But I don't know. It, it was the, the day after the traumatic experience. Um, and I genuinely didn't care about anything that he was talking about at that time. I had, you know, more important things that I needed to deal with right at that time. You have a counterclaim against him for $4,900. What's that about? So um, in order to store the car, our, at the time, our only option was my house. And in order to ensure that we can, in fact, race, we have to ensure that the property is heated downstairs in our basement so that the motor does not seize. So I, um, and nothing, nothing is free. Granted, we are in a partnership, um, but nothing is free. Well, but it, and, I, wait, hold on. Some things are. You had never negotiated with him that he was supposed to pay storage, right? Correct. All right, so that was free. So now you want me to impose a contract where he has to pay you 4900 for storage when there was, in fact, no contract between you and him that he would have to pay for storage, right? So what are the odds of that? Right. Slim and none. Uh, you, Mr. Matthew, have a different issue. You are a, you are a partner in an entity, and you are demanding a buyout that you don't have a right to. And you are demanding to take your marbles and go home and you don't have a right to you have a contract i can't order her there's a court is about a legal obligation that is broken so that would have to be her legal obligation to buy you out her legal obligation to agree to split things that were put together for the car her legal she doesn't have any of those legal obligations so she, she did multiple times though say she would pay me the four grand when she got it and then you got antsy well, she said i'm trying it, to get it together and then you got antsy and then you're like you have it to tomorrow i'm going there with the truck you blew it because if you have been patient she might have come up with the money eventually then she broke a bunch of ribs and she doesn't want to talk to you about your stupid money problems they're not her problems you're now making your money problems her money problems she's got a rib problem a grandpa problem she's got a hundred problems and then your money problems have to take front and center in a way that that really you have no right for them to and then you expect me to order her to buy you out when she has no obligation to buy you out um 
So uh, the reason I I did kind of hound her about an answer was... Yeah, it was a huge mistake on your part. Gross miscalculation. Gross Um, miscalculation. And I I don't want to hear any more about it because there's really nothing to be done. I, 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 I would like to help you guys figure this out, but I don't see how I can. You want money back from a business deal that you wish you hadn't gotten into. That's not a legal right of yours. Um, you guys own this together. Did you guys think about all this stuff and put stuff in writing before you entered into this? No, huh? Kind of just... Not not in writing. Um, just still <laughs> writing my, there. My, not in writing, my, but what was your verbal understanding of what's your agreement about who pays for what? It, Everything's 50-50 no matter who crashes it? Okay, well, good luck with that. Um... But that's where you are. You're asking for my intervention to order her to pay you a bunch of money so that you can get out of a business deal you regret, and I'm not going to do that. My verdict in this case is for the defendant. On your counterclaim against him, zero, of course, for the reasons that I've discussed. Now, let me give you... How old are you, Mr. Matthew? I'm almost 29. And how old are you, Miss Caitlin? You said 20 what? The baby, 26. 26. All right. As someone who's a little older than you guys, I want to give you a piece of advice. I would like to suggest that probably the best thing is that you two get out of this somehow. Um, and, and you know, in, if, if that can happen in a way where you're not out money, Caitlin, because you shouldn't be out any money. You should be out zero money uh, because, you, because he's the one who's bailing on the deal. If you guys can't come up with something amicable, then you're still in business. And um, future litigation may be what future litigation is. But in this case... There is no duty that Caitlin owes Matthew to buy him out, and I'm not going to order that duty. And on the counterclaim, zero for the reasons we've discussed. Good luck, folks. Let's see what, uh, what Caitlin thinks about this case. Uh, Caitlin, you were sued. You're off the hook. I know you have been very angry at Matthew. How do you feel right now at this point? Are you still pretty furious at him or what? Um. I never was honestly furious with him. Um, I'm more so disappointed in the fact that this is even happening and how he went about it. And I'm totally fine at this point. I'm still disappointed and I'm sad that our friendship had to go to waste at this point, but I'm okay. I guess the question really is, is your friendship totally fractured or is it repairable? How about that? Oh, it's fractured. There's no friendship. So, all right, no friendship there. Matthew, how do you feel? Uh, is it totally fractured from your perspective as well? Uh, I would have to agree with her. I, I think it is. I think the friendship's definitely over, unfortunately. Uh, we had a good one for, for years, and this is unfortunate to what it came to. Well, the point is here, you're still in business. You're still partners, whether you like it or not. I guess you're going to have to decide now what you want to do. So let me ask Caitlin, what do you think you want to do? Oh, you guys will be seeing me on a racetrack this year. I've been you working will? very hard, and I'm going to continue to work hard. I didn't think you were going to race again with your young kids. You were a little leery about doing that. What do you oh, think? I'm ready. I am ready, and so is my husband, and my children are ready to support their mom. Well, how about that? Okay, okay. good for you. In the car that he has a half interest in. What about that, Matthew? You okay with that? She's going to race it, hopefully. I hope she does. The whole point of this was to not take the car away from her because I know how much she wanted to race. It was more of, right. of taking my, my fair share out of it so she could be in sole possession of it and continue to race it. Um, All right. uh, I guess we'll have to cross that bridge when we get to it and do what we have to I do at that point. 
So good luck to both of you. So, Doug, you know, we, Judge Millian has talked about this before, that you can't get out of a contract just because you want to and you're tired of it. You need a reason, and it's usually that the other side breached the contract. Now, you can breach the contract yourself and just say, you know, I'm not into it. I'm out of it. The thing is, uh, you're going to have to pay. I understand the two-party consent law with regard to recording phone conversations, but I'm confounded by the wording of one-party consent. Why can't it just be stated that phone conversation recording is always legal since one party always consents? Ah, because there are situations where you are taping something and neither party consents, and that's right. called an illegal wiretap. Right. You can't do that. You can't, you can't tape two people without their knowledge. Right. And private individuals have and do do that from oh, time to oh, time. Oh, yeah. It's not like just husbands and wives right. trying to figure out if the husband or wife is right. cheating. It's not just the Department of Justice No, no, that no, no. It's also, it's also people taping right. each other right. illicitly, which they right. can't do because you're trying to, especially in the realm of... Right. Cheating. Uh, people try to catch each, you know, and even if it's a one party consent state, you cannot tape with, if you're not part of that conversation, you right. can't tape that conversation. Right. You might be so a party that person, consents that's really not in the conversation. Right. What you have to, the person, one of the two people talking has to be consenting right. to it being taped. Uh, right. So that other people don't start taping people willy nilly. Right. And the reason people try to get these recording surreptitiously and illegally most of the time is because they're devastating for the individual who has to defend against them. How do sure. you defend against your own voice? You know? yeah. How does your lawyer defend against your own voice saying the things you weren't supposed to say? Right. Right? <laughs> <laughs>
But basically, it can you hold on a second? Hold on a second. Yes, I can. Is this the document you're referring to? Yes, it is, Your Honor. It is. This is a contract between you and Mr. Giambroni about him paying you $5,000 for doing what? Finder's fee. I got him a lease. I got him a list of the equipment. I put him in touch with the landlord. I loaned him $2,200 okay. for the security deposit, which is a separate issue. Okay, so hold on. I'm looking at this document, and this is a letter of intent. Are you a realtor? No, I'm a business broker. I okay. was a realtor, but I okay. did not renew it. This, in this document, this is a letter that is sent, a form letter that was is sent from Ben and Giambroni. Who's Ben? Uh, it's a personal friend that I met. Um, I met Mr. Giambroni through uh, my friend. Okay, so this is a letter of intent from your friend and Giambroni to buy the place, right? Co correct. All right, where here do you have a contract with Giambroni to pay you 5000 That's what I'm trying to figure out. It's right there, uh, paragraph number two, Your Honor. Earnest money deposit, $5,000 to be deposited with authorized escrow agent upon acceptance. Earnest money to be deposited in an interest-bearing account with interest to benefit the buyer. What are you talking about? Where's the contract for consulting fees to you for $5,000? That's what I'm looking for. So we, we did it through the letter of intent, which says that but they the are going to But the only place I see it. the word consulting is in handwriting. And consulting fee. I don't see who's paying it. I don't see the amount. Do you see that anywhere? Because if you took that business course at Syracuse, I would think that you would understand the importance of having contracts be in plain English and, and say all the other things you said at the beginning of this trial. Where does it say how much you're to be paid? That 5000 goes to the escrow for a purchase of land, not to you. So where here does it say you get 5000 Okay. So Am I missing Honor something? Yes, Your Honor. Politely, he was not buying the land. This is in a, a strip plaza. So it's, I help him get a lease and I got him the keys to the place. Okay. And I'm going to read the plain language of this document. We are pleased to present for consideration the following terms and conditions for the purchase of the above address property. Okay. So you keep talking about a lease, which I know comes later, but I know this has nothing to do with it because. Who am I going to believe? You are my lying eyes. I see that this is a letter of intent for the... I mean, you you know, do you ever watch a people's court? Do you think I'm an idiot? This is a document back when your friend and Jambrone were going to buy the place together. Did they end up buying the place together, by the way? Yes, they bought all the equipment. There's an exhibit that, did in there. They buy the land, did they buy the business? Yes. You said yes to that? Yes. I am going to try then to ask you what you are telling me here. However, the owner decided to go with another buyer. What did you mean by that? Oh, me? Or yeah, you. Yeah, he, that person left in the middle of the night. All right, and so then that's did where... that deal come to fruition? The answer is no. It yes, got it sold it... to someone else. No, but then in the meantime, I made the, uh, the uh, contract with the landlord. That's how... To that's do how... what? To take over the premises and buy all the equipment. He, David owns all the equipment now. $100,000 worth of equipment for $5,000. It's theft of services. What he did is criminal. Can you please show me the contract between you and David? This is it, the letter of intent. Okay, show me where it says he owes you $5,000. Because I already read, the only place the word 5000 appears says that's the earnest money that's going to be placed uh, in escrow for a sale of this property. That is this, what this document says. 
The property address. The Seven, Mr. Okay, Mr. Giambrone, what's going on? Tell me what's going on. I think you, you are getting the gist of what's going on. Uh, I had met with Tom and Ben uh, in January of last year. The business was for sale. We, I had asked for information on... What were you buying? Were you buying the property? Were you buying the business? What were you buying? Originally, I looked at buying the business. I had asked for information in regards to the business. I was given information that was uh, non-truthful. By whom? Okay. Uh, the gentleman, the Tom and... I don't understand. Who did the plaintiff represent, according to you? The seller of the business. He was representing the seller? Yep. He wasn't representing you and his good friend? No, but I didn't buy anything. I turned it down. In January of last year, I turned the business down. And then what happened? That gentleman sold to someone else. Right. Okay. And in September, or in August, that gentleman just abandoned the property. All right. And then I drove by, seen the signs. There's all kinds of signs for lease. I called the landlord. I had met okay, him. Okay, now you find the landlord, who's the person who owns yeah, the am. actual physical property, and what happens? I, I spoke with him about renting the space. And what about the equipment? The landlord owns the equipment. I do not. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. And then, so you are renting... The place now. From, yes. From and was Mr. Plantone part of any any part of the rental agreement? No. Did Ben go into that business with you, or you did this alone when you decided to rent? He quit. Okay, how did he quit? Well, first he had, he claimed he had COVID and just stopped showing up. Is this after you rented it? Uh, I rented it myself. Did Was this after you rented it that he quit? Like, was he working for you or something? What do you mean? No, he wasn't working. He didn't even show up so, to work. Okay, but what's I, where did I, he I, fail to show up? To what? Well, we had an agreement to meet and discuss everything, and he just, he claimed that he, the Buffalo Bills were more important they are. than running a business. Well, well no, the are. Buffalo Bills are very, very important. I'm sorry, but that was his, that's... And okay. That was it. So was Ben mad at I'm you in... because you opened that business without him or not really? Yes. He was mad at you. He changed the locks on him or something? You tell me about that. That's correct. Ben was not able to go to work because the locks were changed. Okay. But if, uh, if, if is Ben's name on the lease? Yes. No. Can I see no. the lease? Can I see the lease you say his name is on? Can I see that, Mr. Planto? Oh. That one is not here. But it's not pertinent to this case. Though, I'll, I'll decide whether it's pertinent or not. Now, you are trying to get me to order this man to pay you $5,000 for services rendered. I have yet to see a contract between you and him where he agreed to pay you $5,000. By the way, did you ever agree to pay him $5,000, Mr. Jembrone? No. What were you supposed to be paying him? Anything? I wasn't supposed to pay him anything. Um, so where's your contract that says you get a finder's fee of $5,000? If uh, he purchases the business, Mr. Plantone, where is that? Yeah, so Mr. Jambroni never where would have got this. Where is that, is my question. Not for me. Where is it's that? The, where is the contract the of, between you and him? The letter of intent is something between buyers and the seller. The only thing on the letter of intent is someone has written in there, in handwriting, and consulting fee. 
Where there does it say what the consulting fee is? $5,000. Where does it say what the it. consulting fee is? Read it out loud. $5,000 to be deposited with authorized escrow agent upon acceptance. That's earnest defined money. as earnest money deposit. What is earnest money deposit, Mr. Realtor? That's the money that we hold as our commission. No, it's to make not. No, contract it's not. Binding. No, it's not. Okay? But aside from all that, it doesn't matter because he didn't purchase the business. So how is it that you believe you have a right to $5,000 when he didn't purchase the business? Then your answer to that is, oh, well, he owes me $5,000, not for the purchase of the business, but because I facilitated his lease. Well, where's the contract for you're going to pay me $5,000 for facilitating a lease? Where's that one? Your Honor, he was never buying the business. It was then a why consulting does the, fee. Why does the document that you have filled out say, we are pleased to present for consideration the following terms and conditions for the purchase of the above-addressed property? Why does it say that? This is just a form, and Well, it's then I not... suggest that maybe in your business law class, you would have realized that this is just a form. I'm going to enforce what's in there, and I am not going to enforce what's not in there. And then you have... Mr. Giambroni, an affidavit from the landlord saying he is the landlord. He never entered into a contractual relationship with business broker Thomas Plantone. He is a realtor. He entered into the lease agreement with David Giambroni. There was no existing business or tenant occupying the premises. Simply put, David Giambroni and I entered into a landlord-tenant relationship on our own without the assistance of any business broker. David Jambrone commenced his piece of business from origination. He did not absorb an existing business. Okay, how much clearer does it get than that? My verdict in this case is for the defendant. Thank you. Mr. Plantone, uh, anybody watching this case would uh, immediately think you should have had a lawyer throw these documents up. Would you agree to that, even though you've taken a law course? No, we use these documents on a daily basis, and... This was, I provided a valuable service, and theft of service is a crime, so I'm going to pursue it. You know, I got news for you, Mr. Plantone. You just went to court. This case has just been heard by a judge, and you lost. It's over. You understand? No, that? There's, there's other repercussions. Well, unfortunately, this court has found that you failed to convince the judge, and uh, you lose. Sorry. Mr. Gambroni, let me ask you how you feel about this. Is, do you think there's going to be more? He's going to file more legal lawsuits against you? What do you think? Well, I probably believe that he's going to be looking for more free lunches. Uh, it's basically what he's about. And uh, all you got to do is check his past. All right. Well, listen, good luck. Uh, congratulations. You uh, have prevailed, and I hope your business does well. Okay? Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, Doug, here's the thing about this. Um, the plaintiff is trying to apply the sale contract to what he thinks should be a lease contract. You can't do that. The contract is the contract. You can't extend it beyond what the four corners of the contract says just because the deal changed. If the deal changed, you simply got to make a new contract. I'm curious if you ever get distracted by people's choices of backgrounds for appearing in court. <laughs> it's an interesting aspect of remote court that 
Um, not at all like real court. No, and uh, there's nothing more disappointing to me than when I see someone just against the wall. I know. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get nothing today. Like, right. <laughs> I know, there's nothing there, but you, sometimes it's like looking into a fishbowl. Yeah. all kinds it's of just you know, stuff going on. Stuff going on, people walking, half-dressed right. behind them. Uh -huh. uh, I remember a case where you had somebody who was in their house, and they were claiming that some piece of furniture was damaged or something, and, and you said, well, where is it? She said, oh, it's down the hall. She said, well, take me there. <laughs> yeah. held, the, held the cell phone out, walked down walked the hall, down the went hall, to the showed me the damaged furniture. Showing, That's pretty awesome. Right. That's, right. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. But I guess yeah. every now and then you feel kind of like uh, a voyeur. I, and I, I, in on I am very much a voyeur. Right. You know, litigant beware. I'm looking. I'm and looking for clues. Yes. Snooping things that are none of my business. Just yeah. looking around to see what's back there. So and who isn't, you know? Of course.